We have a special announcement to start the episode as we have agreed to our first partnership in the history of the Next One podcast with Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports platform that provides a casual sports fan an opportunity to compete and succeed at a high level in daily fantasy competition. Join an MLB, NBA, NFL, PGA, or esports daily contest. Pick among the top tier athletes from each sport, score some points, and win some money. Use promo code NEXT1POD when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 more. We signed up today and got our bonuses right away. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Hello, guys, and welcome to the 43rd edition of the Next One Podcast. It's our perk episode, so I'm going to be interrupting you guys all day, making my terrible points as usual, just like Perk does. I'm Ryan Conley, along with Brent Smith and Zach Maharo. Guys, how are we doing on this lovely evening? Doing pretty good. I mean, if you're, not, if you're only listening to us and you're not watching us on uh, YouTube, we, uh, I got a haircut, so feeling nice, trim the beard up, feeling good. You know, look good, feel good. You got the Jason Tatum special. <laughs> Feel good. Podcast good. Podcast good. Get paid good. That's yeah. the motto. I think think we need more Boston players, Boston athletes getting haircuts to mix it up because it, it has been a roller coaster of a week for Boston sports, uh, especially today with the Red Sox actually winning a game five zip, but then the Bruins dropping, uh, dropping a loss 3-2 to the Lightning today. Blew the number one seed, even though they have a hundred points and will win the president's trophy this year. So, uh, I guess that's uh, that's twenty twenty though. Boston twenty twenty. You know, Jason Tatum knew the the line to get a haircut, and all of a sudden he's balling out. So, I guess that's a plus. But we're gonna get right into the Celtics talk. Celtics started off the new coronavirus season against the Milwaukee Bucks. And Giannis Antetokounmpo gets unlimited fouls because he just gets that ability. Jason Tatum made two of 18 shots, and one of his shots he made was uh, an own basket. The Milwaukee Bucks accidentally tipped in, and Jason Tatum's closest. So he struggled. But Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker looked nice. Kemba in his limited minutes. Jason Tatum, after getting that nice uh, new fresh lineup, getting that buzz cut, he balled out against... The uh, I'm blanking on Portland. Portland Blazers. Yep, that was an intense game. We'll get into that talk in one moment. Uh, oh my gosh! Uh, was that a car? That was a motorcycle or a car right outside my window. We're actually uh, taking part in as extras for Fast and Furious, the new movie that's set to come out. We're actually on set waiting for the Rock and Vin Diesel to let us on. You guys actually might hear that a couple of times in quarantine uh, or during coronavirus. People have been getting really bored, and the people are literally drag racing on my street every single night now. So, so some you might hear it a couple of times. Can't wait. But how we feel about the Celtics? Celtics, I can't talk. The Celtics' performance these uh, two games. They're playing right now as we podcast. They're playing the Nets, so we don't know. Up eleven. They're up eleven right now. Oh, so thirty-six twenty-five with the. Uh... It just at the start of the second quarter. We'll see how the rest of the night goes. So we'll give you guys constant updates, even though when this post, the game will be over. But 
you'll get the feel of the live updates as we go. Celtics played great. Great bounce back win. Hell yes. But print it, put it in the globe. The Patriot Gazette, Celtics win. But yeah, I mean, how, how about the games we know about? Smitty, I would say that, but we were up 24 against Portland, and that lead kind of just dissipated into thin air. Um, but I'm not, hey, I'm well, not really. We, go ahead, you know, credit the Celtics, though. Things really just wouldn't be normal if they weren't blowing 20 plus point leads in the third quarter. And they didn't technically blow it till the fourth quarter, but they're really building that true natural NBA fan experience by blowing these leads uh, at critical points in the game. Yes, nature's you know, I mean, a win is a win. I'll take it. You know, I may not like the, how it, how we got done, but I'll take it. I mean, especially after Tatum's performance against the Bucks, they were just force feeding him. Whether he made those shots or not, he was taking the shots. I mean, I think that was the game plan. Like they need to get Tatum going uh, if they want to have any sort of success in the postseason. But I wasn't really that upset at the Bucks game. I mean, the Bucks are the number one seed. Uh, for a reason, and Giannis is just a human cheat code. And now, now with the refs on his side, now he's even more of a human cheat. <laughs> um, but I mean, again, Tatum played like shit. And we and we bar- and we lost by what seven points, like one nineteen to one twelve, something like that. No, sounds one nineteen to one twelve. That's correct. yeah. We lost by seven points. Not terrible. Uh, the Portland game, obviously, that we lost. We lost the lead, but um, but we still end up winning the game. Uh, the Miami Heat game, I was actually more upset about. Um, Kemba Walker played more minutes than he normally did. He played, I think, 27 minutes, but we still lost to, I think Miami's in the f- five or six seed right now. I think they're five. Five. So yeah. I think, I, I think Miami is a dark horse. I, th- I think they have a lot of good three point shooters. They have a really good big man. And then they have an absolute psychotic leader in Jimmy Butler. So we never know what the hell he's going to, what the hell he's going to do. Um, wasn't even playing. <laughs> Damn, we lost him. He wasn't even playing. Yep. I didn't even. Well, Kendrick Perkins. That even uh, that even go through my mind. A forty third episode. Kendrick Perkins has Miami Heat as the favorite to come out of the East. So. No, they won't come out of the East. I don't think they come out of the East. I I I still don't think. I think I think they can make make some like make a splash. But I think I take the Celtics in a seven game series against the Bucks. I would too. No, against uh, Heat. No, no, against Heat. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, but the the game did did uh, make me come up with the question for you guys. Does the lack of a big man presence? You did, do you think? Do we think that will impact the Celtics' success in the future, especially postseason? How, how do I put this lightly? It is going to not do us well. We are screwed not having a big guy. <laughs> We need a big guy. I love Ennis Kander, but he can only play offense. He cannot move his feet like back-to-back. He doesn't know how to do that on defense. I love uh, Daniel Tice, but he's literally only 6'8", but he plays like he's 7 feet. But he doesn't play like he's 7 feet. Like, he doesn't, like – like, the way he moves, you'd think yeah, he's 7 he moves. feet. Yeah, the yeah. way he moves. Like, Jason Tatum, I'm pretty sure it's the same way, but Jason Tatum is agile. He can move side to side. Daniel Tice is, runs like he's a 7-footer, but he's 6'8". Uh, I like Robert Williams. We don't play Robert Williams at all. I wish we'd play him more. He played he played less than one minute and he recorded three fouls. They put him in just to foul people. <laughs> He's he logged zero minutes on the box score. Three no, fouls though. That's one of those if we have another pandemic in like ten or twenty years, 
that'll be one of the dumb uh, stat lines that they'll post from the last like decade or so when they're running <laughs> out of content. That'll be right up there. When Omar of Sports Center runs out of uh, scared face emojis, so he'll just post. Yeah. That. Rob Williams did this. Bleach, I tweeted about this. Robert, oh, sorry. The only criteria you need to be a Bleacher Report Sports Center social media guy is know how to use emojis and say that someone's built different or uh, just, just how to compliment someone in a hip way. That's literally all you need to do. And you can have a six-figure salary. Wow, that or, dunk was so lit. Popping eyes emoji. Yep, so that's, that's all you need. Pay me. <laughs> and if, you get, if you're the first one to get your hands on some new LeBron content, you're golden. If, if you can, if you have access to that, you could, that's like your retirement money. That is you have LeBron, a stake and they give you a stake in the company. LeBron or Bronny James. Either or. If it's Bronny James, forget about it. Bronny James is a different level. Bronny James is like the ultimate rare content to get. If you can get him on Instagram live or him on a Twitch playing a video game. And if Bronny James has a dunk on uh, 2K, like that is the head story for SportsCenter on anything. Guys, we should really apply. What are we doing here? Uh, I don't have that kind of talent. But Omar, <laughs> Omar can stick to that because that's some next level stuff. I don't know if I can suck up to LeBron that much. I don't know if it's worth it to me. <laughs> Shut the hell up, Smitty. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk some uh, LeBron struggling Lakers later. Uh, old, old James later. But You don't like the gray beard? No, I, I like the gray beard because it's showing how he's playing personally. Like Only 16 points opening night? That's washed king. Washed king <laughs> It's all a part of the uh, the story that he's building for this year. He'll he'll he already uh, pre-recorded that part of the documentary that he has uh, if they do win the finals championship. Oh, he's definitely done all the interviews already. Like the him narrating over what happened, he's already done that. What when yeah, he averages like, thirty-five like, and ten, thirty-five, ten and eight in the playoffs, no, and, he leads them and then to... loses to the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> and then he'll post it on a complex or something. Him drinking his wine, saying. I wasn't even trying or something. LeBron will have an excuse. We all know it. But, Zach, you had a question. I also have a question to ask you guys, getting it back to the Celtics. So I think we'd all agree Jason Tatum is the Celtics' number one guy. Who is the Celtics' number two guy? Is it Jalen Brown, who's been balling out recently? Or is it Kemba Walker, who is a multi-time all-star? And he's an... I think he made like the third team all NBA last year. So he's considered a top 25 guy last year. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll go first, Smitty. Um, I think I put Kemba Walker at one. I wouldn't put Tatum at one. I think if I was to ride a hot hand, you know, in the playoffs, I would rather Kemba Walker have the hot hand than Jason Tatum. Interesting. You know, if I if I'm gonna have somebody play to their play to their absolute level right now, I'd rather Kemba Walker because I think he can he can also elevate everybody around him. But number I agree two, with that. Yeah, no, I th- I think number two would be. You know, I really like Jalen Brown, but I just can't put him ahead of Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum, like at any at, it looks, it seems at any point he can just score and go off, unless I guess when they play the Bucks. 
and he can't hit an open layup. Like if he's taking a layup and no one's in his face, he it's impossible for him to hit it. I think I would still take Tatum number one. I do agree that there is more that Kemba can do at times, but when uh, when Tatum's hot and it hasn't been as consistent as we want it to be right now, but when he's hot, uh, he can really dominate and take over a game. Uh, I, I would also take Jalen Brown over Kemba, just sole reason because he continues to elevate his game. Him and Jason Tatum are really pushing each other and I think are going to continue to do that for the next like decade. And it's going to be extremely fun to watch because they, I think deep down, Obviously, either of them want to be that number one guy, and as one player gets better, that raises the bar for another, and uh, they're just going to keep going back and forth. But I, but I take him over Kemba because um, obviously he's been elevating his game, but Kemba's knee and his, the, you know, the limit that he's at right now, I think is going to be a major problem going forward, and I don't think we will be seeing him at his best as much as we want to. And it is hard to pick a guy knowing what he can be. But, but also realizing that he, those days of him consistently being that player may actually be behind him. Not that Kemba's like on a downward spiral here, but I think his knee is a serious problem and it's something that they're going to have to manage for, like I said, for the rest of the time that he's, he's in the NBA. He's got the Todd Gurley knee. Ryan, who would you yeah. play to? My two? My boy, Gordon Hayward. He is a Seriously? Public- no. Um, oh. Wow, I love to put Rip. him. At. I wish Gordon Hayward was that guy. Yeah, I mean, he his, should he should have been theoretically. His spot up three shooting's nice though. I mean, and he Gordon Hayward's the greatest of all time at that turnaround fade away. Turnaround fade away, yeah, like ten feet, or that runner at ten feet, like that ten foot jump shot. He's the king of. So well, then, his mustache is probably top two on the team. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has a mustache right now, so I, I can probably guarantee it's top two. I agree. No, I'm gonna put Jalen Brown in my number two. Jalen Brown's been balling out. I think Kemba Walker before the COVID was probably number two, but I think Jalen Brown, even when Kemba Walker, if he eventually gets to his full time minutes, I do think Jalen Brown is that dude. But Jason Tatum. Fully connected beard, Jason Tatum, headband Tatum, Deuce Tatum is number one. So then this leads to my other question I had for you guys. Who, do, who needs to be more consistent for the Celtics to have long-term success in the playoffs, Brown or Tatum? No, so actually, I, I gave you – I think I said Jason Tatum before. I think you asked us this, but I'm going to switch it up. I think Jalen Brown's going to be more important because Jason Tatum – I think now he had his one on Mulligan game. He stunk. But I think Jason Tatum will do about what he's going to usually do. But you need J- Jalen Brown to score 20-plus. You need him to have some electrifying dunks, some great plays on defense, because Jalen Brown is very good at defense as well. And if you don't have Jalen Brown playing at his top, I don't think you win. For some reason, I think you can win with Jason Tatum struggling. But for some reason, if Jalen Brown's struggling, everything just seems to be going to shit. I'm saying Tatum, uh, like I said before, when he's on, he can really dominate and take over a game. Uh, I think Jalen Brown will be able to do that, and we will see him do that probably more consistently next year, depending on what that season is and in the years to come. But I, I don't think he's really taken that step that Tatum took this year. Um, and Tatum's going to be the guy that's going to be carrying them. And uh, 
in, in leading them on, on those runs against big teams that he's going and he's going to have to do that if you want to 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 make a deep run uh give the Raptors give the Bucks a run a month run for their money in the playoffs this year yeah I mean going back to what Smitty said about how you know as Tatum gets better Brown gets a little better as Brown gets a little better Tatum gets a little better I think it's more when when Tatum is doing really well I think Jalen Brown sees that and also wants to get in you know it yeah. wants to produce more for the team and I think it's less the fact when Jalen Brown is really well Jason Tatum wants to go wants to do really well because Jason Tatum can take the shots he's gonna get those shots regardless he's gonna get between 15 to 20 shots a night regardless if he's good if he's doing good or bad regardless he's getting he's getting he's getting that that much volume but I think it's I think it's more important that Tatum does well so Jalen Brown can see that and like okay I'm gonna follow suit and kind of feeds off of what Jason Tatum does so I'd also just did. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have to get something off my chest right now. I hate how people compare Patrick Beverly to Marcus Smart. Because Marcus Smart, while he loves flopping, and Beverly also flops, Marcus Smart's annoying. Beverly's also annoying. But Marcus Smart, as an overall player, is so much better than Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is literally... Uh, like the most he's annoying. A guy. That's dude. it. Just a guy. He's just a guy. Marcus Smart. He is a, the sixth man, but he could start probably on twenty NBA teams right now. It's just pay, the Celtics are so deep. But Patrick Beverly is the most annoying person to play. I hate just watching him. Like even when he's not playing the Celtics, he's just getting in people's faces and like he's making these annoying faces. He has that receding hairline. It's like. But he has growing out all like just everything about Patrick Beverly I don't like, and I, I'm assuming I don't like I wouldn't like Mark Smart if he wasn't a Celtic, but since he is Celtic I love Mark Smart. I think Mark Smart's probably my second be- favorite Celtic to watch in general. You see, Ryan, I don't think I don't I think if Marcus Smart wasn't on Celtics I think you'd still like him because Patrick Beverly just doesn't shut the hell up, dude. That's true. And Mark for some Smart reason, all these cameramen just keep putting the microphone in his face. Saying, hey, uh, was was it difficult guarding LeBron James? He had 35 points on you. And Patrick Beverly goes, no, it's so easy. Shut the hell up, dude. I, I can lock down James Hart. Like, Marcus Smart just doesn't talk a lot. Marcus Smart's a very good Smart. defender. He only, talks about, he only talks about the refs. <laughs> That's also true. And was that Jalen Brown post on Instagram? Did he actually post that? I tried finding if he actually posted it. I'm not. The meme? Yeah, the meme of. Uh, I think he did. Yeah, he put it on his story of. Uh, Giannis and the ref and then on his Instagram NBA story. <laughs> yeah. Which also, Jalen Brown, in the next two years, could be considered the most underpaid NBA player with his contract, how well he's on the rise, and we got him for not a max contract. Next, Paul George. Yeah, and Jason Tam's going to get that max money. Kemba has – does Kemba have max money? I think he's close. I think he's, I yeah. think he, I think he's at it. He does have max money? I'm pretty sure he does, yeah. I think so. Now, this is not talking uh, what's happening right now, but do you th- want the Celtics to re-sign Gordon Hayward, and do you think they would – do you think a team or the Celtics should pay a steep price to get Gordon? Obviously not max money. Like, I think he could be on right now too. But do you want Gordon Hayward back next year for, say, $20 million a year? If that means we have to get rid of Jalen Brown, no. 
Well, Jam Brown signed through 2023. Well, yeah, but if we, so if we lock up money and go in Hayward, when, when, when are we going to have to re-sign Tatum? Well, I think Tatum, uh, his, he's going he's gonna to get max money this summer. He's a free agent this summer. He's a free agent this summer, but Celtics are going to give him the max deal. You have to. I think Tatum is yeah. more than wanting to sign, so – do you want to I just don't think that like logistically it works out paying Kemba paying Kemba um freaking Brown and Tatum. I don't I, I just don't think there's any room for Hayward. I at least well, unless Hayward doesn't want that level of money, which I mean I don't know if he deserves it with what he can do after that after that injury. Um I just don't see us I just don't see him staying. Yeah, so Kemba does have a max. Gordon won't get another max. It's what he currently has. Gordon's making $32.7 million this year. Um, you know, maybe a team gives him $20, 25000000 million, maybe. Maybe. If someone gets crazy. Uh, I don't think the Celtics <laughs> will be able to, and I don't think they should. They will have two max contracts. They'll have – Jalen Brown's contract, Marcus Smart still making 12.5. I think they'll really tie their hands up uh, because they – who knows what happens this year, but I do think they are one or two key pieces away. I think – and I actually hate to say this because I do love Gordon Hayward, but uh, him leaving may actually be in addition by subtraction because they, mm-hmm. then they can use that money to add an actual big man. So it's an addition <laughs> – by subtraction, but also by addition. So let me ask Math. you guys this. If the Celtics <laughs> were to hypothetically win the NBA title or even make it to the finals and Gordon Hayward is a 16-point-a-night contributor to that, would you want him? If he's willing to take less money, yes. We can't, we can't lock up too much money in him. I agree. Um, if they prove that they can win – with their four best players being a point guard and three small forwards, it really <laughs> their top five players being two point guards and three small forwards. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them signing him, but um, it, it's hard right now, the way things have been and really looking at cap space and who else is a free agent, trying, trying to compare him um, because he was considered a max player. He got a max deal. The injury happened. Uh, it has taken him some time to bounce back, but he's only 29. I think may, maybe if he is given a fresh start somewhere else, he still ha- has a, a few really good years left in him at his age. Uh, maybe that does give him a chance to, you know, maybe not be a max player, but be one of the premier players in the league again. So who knows? I, I think someone will end up throwing a ton of money at him anyways, even if it's just on like a three-year deal and he'll probably just go where, where the money is. And, and maybe the Brad Stevens connection will help being his college coach. Who, who knows how much that'll play into him staying here and taking less money. It also, I'm sure factors, as you said, Ryan, how far they do make it in the playoffs. But um, they, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. If I were to bet, though, I think he's gone. I think they're going to use that money, get, get some big guys to, uh, to help out. Yeah. And then you let, you let Brown and Tatum run, run show. Yep. And uh... – being in the Eastern Conference, you have Giannis, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, all these big dudes. Bam Abayu, what's his name? Abayu? Adebayo. Adebayo. Yeah. There's a lot of big guys in the East compared to the West. The West is more chuck up threes and uh, fancy moves with Houston, 
Dallas, the Lakers. Bro, what Dallas? They have Porzingis. But I'm th- I'm thinking more Luca, and I'm pretty sure Porzingis is European soft. Not not what? European. <laughs> but I mean, if we up. can't get past if we can't get past Giannis again, and we get smacked by the Bucks, they have to get a big guy to come in and help, like a, a Hassan Whiteside type player, um, someone that can help on the defensive side and, and keep him in check. I agree. I wish we didn't get rid of uh, Marcus Morris, but our our next podcast we should create. We should uh, we should spend time creating the Giannis rules. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there was MJ rules. We should create. We should create modern day Giannis rules. Uh, subtweet him with your burner account and hurt his feelings. <laughs> Make a Instagram and <laughs> say how much you don't like Giannis's accent and. Uh, Maybe Giannis will respond by wanting to get a video with his wife and saying how much he's going to um, make love to his wife and his wife getting embarrassed. Something like that. That's the modern Giannis rules, I think, at the top of my head. And, and, and hack his Twitter account. Yes. yes. Hack his Twitter account. And then he'll say, I got hacked, but no one will believe him. That's like next level. That, that'll get in his yeah. head. And then all the virtual fans will be booing him the entire game. <laughs> I love that when they're taking actually out. creating a, a home court advantage because apparently he gets it in the bubble anyways by uh, getting eight fouls. Yes. Well, hopefully in the playoffs that's different, but I'm sure it's just going to be more worse than better in the playoffs. I like how all the fans in the background make, like wave their hands and like it's dead silent. <laughs> but, I love how like they still try to make it home versus like away and they put people who are like this particular teams like trying to represent this particular team yeah. and I'm like dude no one cares <laughs> you can't even see them on the screen I-, I wish they just make the baseline like I for the playoffs I'd have to imagine they'll eventually like, change the courts wouldn't you think so that so because they, they brought all the courts down to Orlando why wouldn't they just use the courts to play unless they can't move the court that's already there I don't, I don't know what do you mean? I, I, I know what you're saying because, you like, it's not – they're still pretty generic. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or? generic. There's no feel of home court advantage. They brought all the courts down there, like the practice courts. They brought every team's court down there. So unless they can't move the courts they play on, which I could see that being why, but if they could move the court, why wouldn't they just use, like, that team's home court just to give, like, a little feel once the playoffs start? I think I think they will. I was just gonna say I think they'll spice it up a bit once the playoffs start and there's uh, less teams involved, not as many games because the series will be spread out yeah. um, with the break in between games. So you you may see that. Now, do they play in two courts or three? Playing what? Do they play in two different courts or I, three different courts? I think it's two. Two. So that I could see it being a a time thing where it's hard to replace the court so quick when you're sharing two courts. So I I bet at least for the Eastern Conference and Western Conference semifinals, I bet they do it. For the first round, they probably – I could see like – No, probably not. That's what I hope. That's like the one hope I have. I just want to see the Celtics parquet, and then my brain will be dumb enough just to pretend that it's in TD Garden. Even though the part I do miss about the fans before we move on 
is I feel bad for someone like Carmelo Anthony who hits a game winner three. That's usually when the crowd absolutely goes wild, and that's like a moment you remember the crowd freaking out. But it's just a bunch of virtual Zoom fans shaking their hands. and You hear a, bu- you hear a bunch of coaches? Yeah, just a bunch of coaches like, yeah, nice, nice. Let's move on. Let's move on. But that also makes me excited for if uh, the NFL happens, hopefully we can get like Bill Belichick. We can hear him on the hot mic maybe. I know. I'm hearing, I'm hearing that a lot of stadiums are going to have fans. I mean, I'd hope for that too, but I just want to build Belichick hot mic. Well, right now the Patriots are allowing like a quarter capacity, but we'll we'll see if that changes. We'll see if that happens. That that seems like I don't know. We'll get there when we get there, but we have some. Hey, Lily from AT&T. Oh gosh. We have some uh, Lily. Get out of Lily here, Lily from AT and T. Ryan, Lily, Lily. I will get to you later. Chill out, Lily. Uh, she's so embarrassing sometimes. Moving on, not Lily, but I wanted to talk. I had like a big like drum roll introduction, and Lily comes in to kill my fire. But we have some Bruins talk for you guys. I know. You all have been clamoring for it, my mom, and you guys all want to listen to it, my mom. So here it is. The Bruins are in a round robin. The games don't – they only count for seeding. They don't really count for anything else. And they have – And the one thing it counts for, they blew it. Yeah, they, They've kind of stunk. Uh, Smitty, I know you've been watching the games. I watched the game against the um, – blanking on the name again. Uh, Fires. I watched that game. We stunk. I didn't watch the game. Uh, they lost 4-2, was it? Or 3-2? 4-1. Well, yeah, they lost 4-1 against the Flyers, and then they played. Oh, today they lost 3-2. Three three yeah. Two. yeah. So, Smitty, give me what you're seeing out there on that ring. Flyers game is what it is. First real game back, and they definitely struggled. I think they were passing the puck uh, too much and should have been taking more shots. Uh, definitely started out slow. First goal uh, in between either teams was in the second period. It took roughly 25 minutes to, to get a point on the board. Really no big scoring chances in the first period. I think the Flyers had two, but nothing. It really, it, it took them a good period to, to really get into the flow of things. And then they ended up losing the game. There were concern, concerns before about Tuka Rask not playing, being unfit to play. Uh, he was asked about it. And what he said is that he told the machine that he had a cough and it started blinking red lights and he was told he was not able to play and had to quarantine until and get tested. So uh, he obviously played today. I think he proved anyone who was doubting him or having questions about uh, his commitment wrong by literally block, using his head to block a shot in the second period. So he, he is in it to win it, but uh, started out rough. They went down to zip pretty quickly. Uh, Crew got a great goal in the second period off a, a faceoff win by Bergeron back to um, now I'm blank. Oh, on, uh, to Krug with a quick pass over to McAvoy, and he uh, got the first goal. They, they tied it up at the beginning of the third with Charlie uh, Chris Wagner goal, and then the third period was their best. Tuka Rask made some great saves, and I think um, they were putting a ton of pressure on Tampa and deserved to win that game, but they give up. Rask gives up a huge rebound with a minute and a half left and um, goes right back to the, um, 
Tampa and they put it in and, and that was it. So they, they're down 0-2 already. They lost the first seed, even though they're going to win or did win the president's trophy and probably will end up with the fourth seed. Uh, they need the Capitals to lose to the Flyers tomorrow on Thursday. So today on Thursday, tomorrow for us right now. And if they do lose uh, the the Capitals and the Bruins both play this weekend for the three seed. So I think if Gary Bettman's smart, he'll take a page out of the book from the David Stern philosophy and make sure the refs uh, force the Capitals to lose that game tomorrow and then have a great game this weekend for that three seed. But we'll see. It's not looking great. And they were asked about after the game, Bruce Cassidy was obviously disappointed, but it's different circumstances. Um, Seeding may not matter too much. Tuka Rask basically said, whatever, we have to play and beat everyone anyways. So whether you're going on the home or you're on the road or home doesn't matter this year. But it is upsetting that they weren't able to lock in that first seed. Uh, I'm hoping that they can at least build off the momentum, momentum that they had today and the consistency that they were able to put together in the third period and, uh, and win the next few games. Yeah, it sucks because hockey is such a momentum sport where the team that has the hot hand, that's why so many lower seeds in hockey can, there's so many upsets in the hockey playoffs compared to NBA, where NBA, if you have the bare guys, you're going to win. But in hockey, it's whoever has, whichever team has the hot hand, if you have the goalie that's playing unbelievable. And the Bruins did have that going into the quarantine. The Bruins were the best team in the NHL, and now all of a sudden they have to restart. was playing great. Yes, and they have to restart now, and all of a sudden the Bruins can't get out of their own way, even though, like you said, somebody, they played well against Tampa, and I'll take your word on that. But it does stink that the Bruins seemed like they were out for vengeance after last year losing the Stanley Cup in Game 7 against the Blues. But now, it Bruins, like, Bruins fans should be optimistic still because they, they won the President's Cup. They did prove it in the regular season, but they have to get their act together to have a chance because... Once these playoffs start, if the Bruins suck again, then they, uh, what momentum do you have going into the playoffs? You suck the first three games. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I do like I'm – a, I'm a very fair weather, weather playoff hockey fan, so I'll watch all the Bruins hockey games, and then I'll tweet about, like, I've been watching the whole season. You know, I wonder – because we were just talking about how it's weird in NBA – if you had a game-winning shot, you know, with no fans, I wonder what it's like to get like in a fight in hockey with no fans. Usually, the well, fans there was a fight just, today. Krug like, did fight. Does it just look? It just silence. It's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's literally just the UFC yeah. just on ice. It's such a fight. Is MGM Boxing Arena? But. Especially because I feel like hockey fans are like one of the more like rowdy, like rowdier fans. You know, so, like, when fights start, like, people eat that up so much. You oh, know, yeah. So just to be fighting in absolute silence must be so weird. Like, if, And I if, couldn't like, even tell you if there was uh, any pumped-in crowd noise because I was watching it on mute while I was doing something else. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was – they definitely were more physical today. Crew got in a fight. Uh, there was almost a, a full-line brawl halfway through the third period. A few cheap shots taken by the lightning too and um 
but you know they're being physical and and they're responding back which i liked and like and what i also said in the third period they're playing consistently but ryan you made a good point if they don't get back up to speed if they keep playing sloppy and play like this going into the playoffs they're really they're going to screw themselves which i think this is probably one of the last years with the bruins core with Everyone assumes Tory Krug's leaving after this year. Chara gets a year older. Brad Marchand. He'll probably he he looked he's he's had a tough few games, and I think things are really catching up to him. Uh, he'll probably retire after this year. Was he forty one or forty two? Uh, forty one. I mean, he's on the TV twelve method, so he should be going to at least forty five. So, is he the oldest hockey player? Yeah, still active. Is yeah. he? Who was it? Uh, oh. that he played to like forty six. He had the nice mullet. Yager. Yeah, Yammer Yager. Yammer Yager's in our softball league. Fun fact. Not really. Seriously? <laughs> no, it's just a guy with a sick mullet. That oh my god! Oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. He does have a Yager type mullet, and everyone's like, "Yo, Yager!" But he's a nice guy, so you know, nothing to say about. Take your word for it. Imitating Yammer Yager, cool mullet, and that was a. Uh, that was our Bruins talk, and hopefully Bruins do well. And, uh, Zach, I know you've been really looking forward to this. We have some Red Sox talk. talk. All right, Zach, <laughs> give us to us. Give us this analysis you have of the Red Sox. I know it's really in-depth and really important, so the floor is yours. So, I was really hoping – I was actually keenly not watching the games of Red Sox because my mental capacity for baseball is still very low. But keenly watching the scores, just in case when Smitty tar- started talking shit, that if they caught a run, so I can throw back in Smitty's face. But Smitty's whole analysis of the Red Sox was spot on. Red Sox suck, except for tonight they won 5-0, which would be, it will be yesterday when people listen to this tomorrow. So yesterday when they won 5-0. Smitty, who pitched? Yesterday. Or no one. Oh, today, uh, Peraza, I believe. <laughs> Peraza? Or per, no, Perez. I get him in the second base and Peraza mixed up. Mark, Martin Perez or Martin Perez pitched today. And uh, so say, it wasn't. Hmm? Didn't you say, quote, who the fuck is this guy, Martin Perez, or was that someone else? No, that was. Uh, no, that was uh, it. Matt. I think his name was Matt. No, that was. Uh, um, no, I know who it is. I just need to. I don't even remember the friggin' name now. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, Let's find out. But yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for the Red Sox to catch a hot streak so I can, so I can just throw all my Red Sox knowledge back at Smitty. Like, see, Smitty, you were wrong, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. Josh yeah, Ostrich I'm, is that who it was? No, it was like this. Literally, this the most basic looking. White male. Are you sure it was a? Are you sure it was a Matt something? There is Matt a Hall. Matt no, there's a Matt. It was Matt well, Hall. It wasn't Matt Hall. But I, I, sure, I, I, Jeffrey Springs. Jeffrey Springs. Was it him? Is he a basic looking white guy? I don't know. Um, uh, you no. Know. Do Matt Hall like? But, does that get more basic of a name? Matt Hall is very basic, but this guy looked basic. I don't know if Matt Hall like this. <laughs> this guy looks like you're like low-budget Abercrombie model type of thing. <laughs> they probably made up – they probably found a random guy, 
gave him this Elias because he sucked, and then he could just disappear, use his real name, gave him a fake name to uh, in the pitch for them this year, and that's what they came up with, Matt Hall. But, no, the Red Sox responded to my rant by – they did win two more games. Uh, they did bounce back against the Mets, but then they got swept by the Yankees. So, uh, that was fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find – no, it's not Ryan Weber, even though he does look basic. Did, did baseball put in um, put in any fan noise? Jeffrey Springs. Yeah, they do. Jeffrey Springs. Who's Jeffrey Springs? Jeffrey Springs. Side baseball note that I've been seeing a lot is there's this there's this uh, whole Twitter page dedicated to the downfall of the Astros of the Houston Astros. Yep. And all the they do twenty twenty shame tour. Yeah. And all they do is repost videos of Astros players getting hit. And it's actually quite comical, and it's actually making me concerned for the Astro players' health. They because did have they're four getting hurt. players hit today. Four <laughs> players hit, and Altuve's batting like one thirty-three. Damn! So this trash bucket's one sixty-seven, maybe helping them out. Like the amount of shit the Astros are taking is absurd right now. It's hilarious, and it sucks because that sucks. It does suck. It's funny because none of the teams are making it like even slightly non-obvious. Like they're just beaming him, and <laughs> everyone's owning up to it. Joe Kelly opened the floodgates for everyone just to own up to it because everyone loved Joe Kelly for doing it. So it's just open the floodgates. Like I want to get like my fifty minutes of fame and just pelt some Astros, and <laughs> Astros can't do anything about it because they knew this is coming. So if one thing good to come out of twenty twenty was, it was the Houston Astros getting their comeuppance that. They so well deserve. Highly recommend that Twitter follow. What is it? What was somebody Houston Astros shame tour? Astros twenty twenty shame tour. Highly recommend the Twitter follow. It's hilarious. I'm gonna follow they, it because they're just getting pelted by ninety eight mile power balls. <laughs> All headshots. By the way, Jeffrey Springs has uh, lowered his ERA from thirty three to nineteen point two nine. Hey, that's almost half. <laughs> heard, you, heard you talking shit, Smitty. Yeah. Three strikeouts in 2.1 innings. My boy a war of negative 0.2. My boy Jeffrey. My boy Jeffrey Springs coming out the cut. Red Sox 4-8, and eight, right? 4-8, and eight, something like that? 4-8. and eight. Yeah. We are back, baby. Start the duck boats. But no Because <laughs> COVID. Okay. Just don't so let him get hot. Don't let, us get, don't let us get back to 500, bro. Because there's eight seats, seven seats in the AL now? Or eight seats? I forget. Uh, they expanded it. I don't even know what it is now, but they expanded it for this year. Maybe eight. I feel bad for J.D. Martinez because J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez lived up to that contract. Everyone hated him. So I feel bad that his his boy Mookie's gone. And one last Red Sox point. Even if we had Mookie, we'd probably be like five and seven instead of four and eight. We'd still be so bad. Yeah. No, this is a tank year. They – Fake season, they don't care. Players don't care. I think they know that the owners don't care. Um, but Just beat up the Astros. Yeah, but if they're going to trade a generational player, if they're going to completely tank this year, they're going to have to make up for it within the next two years. They need to uh, spend that money when they reset the luxury tax and uh, be a legit contender for a World Series. Yes. Because they're definitely, in, in this town especially, and the way baseball is, they're going to lose interest very quickly. Which I'm sure has already resulted in the viewership ratings. 
competing with the NBA and NHL. I'm sure Red Sox are third in the Boston market for sure. Yeah, they've known competing against them for half of their season, and and now they do. So uh, it is. I'm sure it is interesting to see how the numbers compare right now. If I if I had to make a bet on Thrive Fantasy, even though they probably wouldn't make this kind of bet, I would bet Red Sox easily get the lowest viewership out of the three Boston sports playing right now. But moving yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to not Patriots talk because the only Patriots news we got is McCourty's didn't opt out, which we all were banking on that happening. So that's, that's a plus. Our secondary won't be awful except for Stephon Gilmore. Even though Wait, Devin, what? Well, I'm saying if the McCourty's opted out, we'd only have Stephon Gilmore. So our oh. secondary would suck aside from having Stephon Gilmore. That came but, out weird. Yeah, I, I can't talk, but I have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> the one thing come out, Patriots Radio, we can talk about quickly is that McCourty was upset with the NFL for moving up the opt-out date uh, deadline. Even though in reality, I guess they have to sign some sort of uh, the NFL PS to sign some sort of paper to make it official, but the NFL PA is uh, delaying that. So I guess at the end of the day, the opt-out date's going to be about the same that it was before. But how much did that scare you that Devin McCourty was upset about it and we were all scared that maybe he'd just opt out out of sheer pettiness and just join other eight players? Uh, I was pretty nervous that he was going to opt out. Uh, and, again, I still don't think people are done opting out. I think I think uh, Doug Peterson this week got tested positive for coronavirus. I think the more, more people get tested, the more people experience um, – having the virus and obviously like we've talked about before the long-term side effects uh, or long-term effects from it, like the more people aren't going to want to, aren't going to want to participate. You know, I actually, um, I saw this thing, this, this coach I follow who, who does uh, high school football, I think somewhere in, in Texas or in California, uh, oh no, or in Tennessee, I believe. Um, he said that they banned team pictures. So you're not allowed to have team pictures, but you can have full contact practice. The important things are being banned. I'm like, are, I'm like, you're like, you're, like what, like what goes on through the people who's making these rules? You can't be shoulder to shoulder, but you can be inside someone's face mask, just pummeling them. Exactly. Yes. You you, you can share sweat and blood. But no pictures. <laughs> but don't you dare sit next to each other. Mm-hmm. Do we have a frozen Smitty? We might have a frozen Smitty. Uh oh. I thought he was just making a very engaged face but no we have a frozen smitty smitty can you hear us there, there we you are go. got you I thought my laptop was dying on me you won't die. we're close but no cigar smitty you're gonna have to make me edit this now it's gonna like take- <laughs> sorry it's gonna take a whole five to 20 seconds depending on if i could find it honey you've got a big storm coming <laughs> you just probably leave I it think in. you'll be able to. Yes, but Smitty, happy to have you back now. Thank you. It was know. a wild trip. Yeah, but I, I'm tripping balls right now just thinking about it. But uh, <laughs> are, you, are you thinking about that, right? Or are you still thinking about Lily from a couple minutes ago? <laughs> no, nah, Lily just rattled me. Lily, I, I'm not going to be – that's why I can't talk right now because Lily's just rattled me beyond belief. I wasn't supposed to expose Lily to the world like this yet. Even though this is a podcast, I could literally edit that out if I wanted to. But, uh, <laughs> but Smitty, how do you feel about Devin McCourty uh, 
his potential opt-out, him and Jason, and what do you think about him being so upset with the NFL for moving up the uh, opt-out period? Definitely happy that they are choosing to play. I would obviously want them to make the decision that they feel is best for them and their family, but it, it will be nice to see them playing an uh, integral piece of the defense, and Jason McCourty's really taken on a a key role player spot and rotating in with the cornerback uh, position, which is very talented. Uh, the Pats are really stacked with talent in their secondary, one of the best in the league, and, and they'll need Devin McCourty to be a leader there with Pat Chung out. Um, and, and credit to them for calling it how it is and ripping the NFL for toying around with that. They were talking about moving it up to Wednesday. Now it will be Thursday. Uh, but Ryan, that document you mentioned was a collective bargaining agreement that they they would have to sign in order to put that in place. And the NFL was kind of sitting on it after they already came to an agreement with it. They just hadn't put the, put the name on paper. So like I said, credit for him for speaking up, being someone in the league that um, it is seen as a leader, not just on the Patriots, but really across the NFL community. Um, and, and they're right. It's the owner shouldn't be screwing with that. They should give these players the opportunity to make the decisions that are best for them given the circumstances. And you have seen a lot of players do that, um, opting out because they're, they have uh, family members with conditions that expose their immune system or they have um, either a kid who was just, just uh, born or someone who's on the way. And we were joking, um, I don't know, it was sometime this week about the Pats being like the horniest team in the league because they had so many people opting out for a kid. So it's uh it it, it it has been interesting to see how many players have um opted out and by thursday how many more opt out guy a guy like tradavius white who's on the fence if you see more people like him who choose to opt out some big names um and, and what the expectation is going to be for the 2020 nfl season yeah and the testing for covid so I think Matthew Stafford got a false positive and maybe Gardner Minshew did too. Both did, yeah. Yep. And that's that's a huge issue to tackle because if you test them Saturday and they get a false positive and all of a sudden your starting quarterback can't play, even though he's not sick. Like, if this, assuming the season happens, which I'm anti-Smitty, I'm only positive vibes here. Assuming the season happens, that is going to be like one of the biggest issues where you could get a positive test, but you're maybe not positive. And then a player that assuming he wants to play, he's going to like try to fight it and try to get another test. And it's going to make everything chaotic, but it'll make it interesting and interesting. makes Sundays more interesting. You know, they are false. A lot of people always say if they could play any position, right? Average, just the average person. Average Joe. Average Joe will say the best position to play in NFL is the backup quarterback because you just, you know, you make a couple million and you just play catch, you know, all day. But I feel like backups now this year, because if the starters test positive, like you have to be ready all day. You have to, like you could plan the whole week as being a backup and then game day, you're up, you're the starter. So being a backup is going to be a grind this year. No one wants to be in the Alex Moran position. If anyone gets that, but, but teams teams will have to prepare for that, and um, <laughs> it the Patriots will be at an advantage with Jared Stidham 
uh, because he's been in the system for a year and, and he knows it pretty well. And I think he's actually a decent player. Who knows what Brian Hoyer really can bring to the table. But, um, you know, if they do get in a tough situation, and that's because I say Jared Stidham being the backup because Cam Newton's going to be the starter, I uh, can guarantee that anyone who says that's wrong. And I hope I'm not wrong in a few weeks. But <laughs> <laughs> I put money on it. Yeah. But oh boy, um, <laughs> it's um, for fantasy, for real teams, like it, things like that are going to come up and really screw a lot of people. Obviously, the I'm, team the most. But imagine like in the person. Yeah. Imagine like Aaron Rodgers sun, Sunday at like 10 drops that uh, he can't play because he may have to. He may have uh, COVID and has to quarantine. Or there would be over 300 waiver wire ads in fantasy football this year if he played. I'm the king yeah. of the wire, so you know, that's just me. But maybe I uh, draft all backup quarterbacks just in case. <laughs> Start a, a monopoly within each uh, fantasy league. <laughs> yes, that's the key to success. Get some good trade assets. That's what wins championship fantasy championships. But I just, I just want football. Just just give me football like that's all i want I'll, i will give some of my uh 1200 money that's supposed to come in i'll give half of that if that will come back half okay i'll give all of my 1200 assuming i get it is there supposed to be another check coming yeah hell yeah well, but we'll, we'll see if Congress decides not to get political, not to get political, but we'll see if Congress agrees. <laughs> stick to sports, Ryan. Don't tell me to shut up and stick to podcasting. Shut up and podcast, bro. <laughs> okay, final topic of the day. So the NFL Top 100 came out last week, and you know we got to talk about it. The best part about uh, off-season – Sports is people make lists and we get mad about it. So here's another list to get mad about. It's the NFL Top 100. The NFL players picked and chose who they ranked. So, guys, I need to ask, who was too high, who was too low in the rankings? Can I add one more category? Yeah, go ahead. Who should have been on the list that was left off? Okay, I like that too. I like that. Now, who wants to go first then? I'll give our two high, then I'll give our two low, then I'll give our... Right. Sure. Right, Zach, give us who you want for who's ranked too high. Who's okay. Ranked too I, high? I have two that... I wrote down three, but two that I'm really bothered about. Quentin Nelson at 29 is ridiculous. As I was saying before the podcast, if you are the best player in your position, you have to be in the top 10. You can't have... But there's 22 positions. Uh, that's true. Even then, he would still be in the top 22. Facts. Even then, he should still be in the top 22. So, it, well, I mean, technically he's not because there's a left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle. But yeah, it's, Okay. No, I, I, I feel you. But, yeah, but anyways, anyways. I think, I think Quinn Nelson should be in the top 10. I think 29 was disrespectful to him. Um and then Devontae Adams at 57 is just disrespectful. He's a top three wide receiver. I'd put him up there with, with Michael Thomas, with DeAndre Hopkins, with Julio Jones any day of the week. 57 so is low? way too high. No, he's too high. That's what we, we said too high. Is, is, it too, is that, does that mean too low? Oh, man. I'd say that means I, too low. I thought we – oh, no. 
Mm-hmm. No, so then Quentin Nelson would be too low. No, because we talked about before this that too high is closer to what to closer to one. If you're too high, you should be ranked lower. Oh my! Do you want me to give mine as an example? <laughs> and then yeah, sure. I'm confused. See, I knew so. Like when I was writing this, I'm like, man. I wrote too high, too low, and I'm like, man, this doesn't really make sense in my head. But anyways, you go, Smitty. Damn. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just thinking about that Lily girl. No, that's that's my rallying me now, Ryan. Stop talking about my girl. I'm going to come through this computer. <laughs> Lily from eight. My, my, I'll start with my too low. My too low is Chandler Jones. He comes in at 15th. Um, not necessarily the the number itself, I guess, that is uh, why I would pick him. But the fact that Aaron Donald's four, I think Chandler Jones had a better season than Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald just got fourth overall because he's Aaron Donald and people love him. But Chandler Jones had almost 20 sacks. Um, Aaron Donald only had, what was, what was it, like 11.12.5 sacks, 48 total tackles, 20 tackles for lost. Um, Chandler Jones had 19 sacks, 53 tackles, 11 tackles for a loss. So he had a better season. Chandler Jones really dominated. So I don't, I don't know why um, Aaron Donald is going before Chandler Jones in that situation. You, I guess you could also say Aaron Jones is someone I'd pick. That's too high. But uh, for the person that I do, I will pick as my too high is um, – where the heck is he now? Aaron Jones. I'm, I can't find – Oh, 33 yeah, overall. 33. Um, I think that's too – yeah, 33. It's too high. He averaged 4.6 yards. He had a decent season, just over 1,000 yards. But I, I really don't think he did anything that special to be that high. He's only two – he's the next running back after Saquon Barkley. Saquon was 31. He didn't have the best season because he was hurt. But, I mean, Nick Chubb's at 36. I would have taken him um, over Aaron – I would have taken him over Aaron Jones. Chris Godwin's at 38. It would take him over Aaron Jones this year. Kamara at 42 would have taken him. Uh, you could even argue Mark Ingram this season he had uh, with the Ravens this year. The way him and Lamar Jackson went off, both 100-yard rushing. Um, There's like four guys that are 10 behind him I'd all probably take. I like it. So my two high, I got Josh Allen at 87. He should not be close to the top 100. Josh Allen <laughs> can only throw it far. And the, we have a vendetta against Josh Allen for only throwing it far and just being fast. That's all he's got. Uh, too high, I also have Jadavion Clowney at 41. Jadavion Clowney, most inconsistent player in the NFL. He, he, all he does is do highlights. He isn't consistent whatsoever. There's a reason why no he one – only had like three – I think three and a half sacks this year. Like something like ridiculous like that, he – is a highlight player. There's a reason why no team wants him because he thinks he is the 41st ranked player, but all the GMs know that he isn't. He's probably top 100 player skill-wise, but actual performance-wise, no. And Kyler Murray at 90, dude literally did not have close to a winning record, and somehow he's top 100. No, I actually almost picked him as someone who should have been higher. He had a good, he had a good no season. No way, Smitty. Kyler Murray, no he way. had a good rookie season. He did. He had a good rookie season against uh, a terrible, not against, but dealing with a terrible offensive line, especially towards the end. He showed some real improvement. But a top 100 player? I don't think so. 
The list is trash. I would still take him in the top 100, yeah. But not now, over some of the people who didn't even make it. Now that I kind of get what the too high, too low means. Here we go. Kind of. Still not really there yet. Not He's clicking back. Him He's back. Uh, but we just did our two highs, right? We didn't, do too, we didn't do our two lows yet? We didn't do too low. So too high, then I had Nick Bosa at 17. I don't think you can put – I don't think you put – I don't think you can put him that high. I, th- I think I think I think you put him middle of the pack in the fifties, but I think seventeen for a rookie defensive end is way too. So that's that's too high. Yeah, I said too high. Okay, so now we want to do too low now. No, yeah, because I went last. I went oh, last okay, okay, because okay. because I messed up at the beginning. I was concerned you still didn't get it. I was gonna be like, <laughs> uh, too so too low. I already had my Quentin Nelson, so he should be higher. Okay. Um, but the other one is Zachary to eighty five. I think I don't think the gap between Kelsey and Kittle it's that much but from to Ertz. So I, I think I think Ertz I think Ertz should uh, should be in the talk with them as well. So I think he should be I think he's way too low on the list. All right, I got two. I got Keenan Allen seventy seven. Even though Keenan Allen's not as good as Hopkins and uh Michael Thomas like he had in his Twitter beef. I think <laughs> Keenan Allen should be top fifty. Especially because Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald 10 years ago, yes. Larry Fitzgerald 10 years ago is higher than uh, Keenan Allen. Also, fun fact, Larry Fitzgerald's only only non-quarterback to be on every top 10 list since it started. It's a fun fact. But Keenan Allen, he's ranked 77. That is way too low. Keenan Allen should be at least in the top 50. And I'm going to go with a little surprise pick. I think Zeke at 24 is too low, I think. Ezekiel Elliott was just kind of fat last year because he was in um uh where was he Mexico somewhere in Mexico, uh I think Zeke is a top two running back, and twenty four does not properly represent that, so I think Zeke should be at least top twelve players in the league. Wow, I thought somebody froze again for a second. No, I think he just watched the Celtics game. Celtics. He's immersed. Zeke was in Florida, I thought, wasn't it Miami, where he was training when he was uh, holding out. He was. I thought he was on like. I, th- I thought he was in Mexico. I thought like. Oh, maybe not. I'm trying, I'm trying to oh make- no! Then he went. Then he came back and he went to Miami to train. Yeah. That's right. Get Bales being upset and what he's saying about Mexico, but I can't think of it at the moment. Smitty, <laughs> you got it too low. I already gave mine already. It was uh, Chandler Jones. I actually gave that to start. Oh. He mixed it up too. Yeah, I did, well, I thought we were just going who was, oh, our you, t- who was the high, who was the too low. Okay. Now I was I was thrown out. But Chandler Jones too low. Uh Aaron Donald shouldn't be four when Chandler Jones had a better season than him. I like it. I think Aaron I think Aaron Donald's a little a little overrated. I keep saying Aaron Jones, Aaron Donald, thank you. Yes. That's false. Aaron Donald is not overrated. He's the uh, best he's the best defensive lineman in the league. He is, but when it's based off of the season specifically, Correct. Chandler Jones Correct. had a better season. But, yeah, Correct. I mean, overall, is Aaron Donald the top ten player? Maybe, yes, maybe even top five, too. You can make an argument. So, is there anybody on the list? That, <laughs> is there anybody on the list um, that you guys saw that should have made it? I got two guys in my head. I got you guys think? one guy in my head. I got Carson Wentz not being on the list. Dak Scott being on the list is – as Stephen A. would say, blasphemy. The Dallas Cowboys didn't even make the playoffs. They have all the superstars. 
Carson Wentz had receivers where people getting evicted, getting uh, their houses on fire, having to catch babies, and making fun of the receivers, saying that Nelson Aguilar couldn't catch them. And Carson Wentz taking that team to the playoffs. He deserves to be a top 100 player. Dak Prescott, so overrated. Jerry Jones and the Jones family know that's why they're not going to pay Dak Prescott. So I would say Carson Wentz 100% deserves to be, I'd say, top 50, and he isn't even the top 100. That is blasphemy. I am taking Eric Armstead, uh, defensive end for the 49ers. He was not included in the top 10. He had 10 sacks, 54 total tackles. Um, I mean, and he was a, a key piece on the 49ers defense. Uh, so two guys. One, Tredavious White didn't make it. When Tredavious White, I think, is a top three corner. That that that, that blew my mind. Um, I thought he did. And, did he not? No, he didn't make it. Uh, All right, that's a good one. Where you got so Tredavious that? White, and then the other. Oh no! No. Left. Oh no! Smitty's Wi-Fi is very. Uh, <laughs> what's the word? What do you say? It's unstable. So. He might have he might have just left so we can uh it can come back so we can just rejoin. Um maybe he's so upset about Tredavious White not making it that he had to leave. I was. But the other one I would say would be Mitchell Schwartz. He's the right tackle for the Chiefs, and he was the all pro the last like three years. So like he's been he's been the best right tackle in the league for the last three years, and he doesn't make the top one hundred list. That's the problem with having these lists because it's so hard to like especially if, even like you're an NFL player where you kind of know the players it's hard to know who the best tackles and guards and centers are because it's such a there's not a lot of stats to go off of for uh linemen you just kind of have to go with what everyone's saying who's the best like uh the Colts lineman uh Quentin Nelson Quentin Nelson like I only believe he's the best because people tell me he's the best yeah yeah, yeah. people hype him up a lot but apparently, uh, Smitty's laptop died. We're being informed. I had that problem with the Tom interview. Uh, Classic. So maybe we'll stall until he comes back on. But I mean, if you go back to the like the All Pro list, how could you know all those guys in the All Pro list have to be on the top 100? Like first team, second team, third team, like on the All Pro, like. I think that weighs more than like whoever votes the end of, I mean, I know the players and coaches vote the um, vote that, but I mean, like you, like we said, Dak Prescott made it and Dak Prescott hasn't done, didn't do absolutely shit this year. Like, like Dak Prescott's stats have been better this year, but as you see, stats get better, but the team is worse because he's not one of those guys that are game changers. Like there has to be a correlation. You know, like even like Kyler Murray at ninety, like yeah, he had a good year, but he did nothing for the team. Yeah, it's like they still sucked. Like, and especially in the NFL today, you can get all the the fluff stats. Like Dak Prescott got so much fluff stats because yep. they were down like twenty in games so much, so all he had to do was pass. <laughs> I'm sure that was the same Kyler Murray, uh, but someone like an offensive tackle like Quentin Nelson, who could be. Guard. But it's okay. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, not to disrespect Lyman, but oh, oh, we have the return. Ah, welcome back, Smitty. Return. 
I did not connect audio. You gotta connect your audio, sir. Oh no. No, we can't hear you. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Like you said, Zach, the all pro stats means a lot more than this list. This list is mainly for the NFL Network, ESPN, Fox to all have debates for the NFL and talk about stuff. It's it's just a talking point list. It's like any other list. It's like a what's his face from a who's the quarterback list we're arguing? Oh, uh, I was a not Colin. No, the dude that uh, does the AFC. Sunday. Best Sims, Chris Sims. <laughs> Chris Sims. Yeah, Chris Sims' list. Yeah, we, we got to do an NFC segment of the top five quarterbacks next week or something. Cause... Well, see, like, that's actually debatable. The AFC one really isn't much of a debate. Okay, so we'll t- tally that in for next week. We're going to do AFC. We, we keep our promise. NFC. NFC, shit. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Smitty, uh... <laughs> Do you have any? Minnie, was there anybody in the uh, not? In the, oh, you said Eric Armstead, right? Yeah, and I don't know if you guys talked about Edelman or McCordy, but both of them probably should be in the top 100 too. I'd say, even with the down season for the offense. I said Tre'Davious White and Mitchell Schwartz should have been on it. I said Carson Wentz, but those are good points. Devin, especially Devin McCordy. Devin McCordy is a top three free safety in my mind, at least. And Agreed. At least I think he's just five. as good as the Honey Badger. He's just as good as yeah. Eric Berry, who literally played offense for a play against with Derrick Henry. Eric Berry was on the list. Not Eric Berry. Uh, Errol Thomas. Errol Thomas, yes. Oh, Thomas. I was like, wait a minute, what? Eric Berry hasn't even played football this year. I'm getting my safeties mixed up. But Elman, Elman's arguable because he had the most drops in the NFL. And But I still, I still agree. I think Elman should have been on it. He was ranked 101, so he just got snubbed. What's many? Do we have one last Celtics update before? Uh... They're up 99-73 with a minute and a half left in the third. So uh, they didn't blow the lead in the third quarter. They actually are playing pretty well. The Nets suck, but um, hey, they beat the Bucks. Yeah, that yeah. is true. They did beat the Bucks. So, with that being said, Celtics, we're we're gonna be proven correct. No uh, cold takes exposed. We said in the beginning, Celtics already won. So write that down. But do you guys have any uh, last uh, remarks? Smitty, were you holding something before you uh, rudely left our uh, podcast? My computer died, of course. But um, pray that the uh, Caps lose on Thursday, and then we get an exciting matchup between them and the Bruins this weekend for that number three spot. Yes. Last thing I got to say, the NCAA is the most corrupt non-profit organization in the world they're not helping the players at all in college football or any college sports with coronavirus they're literally just telling schools to fend for themselves and now you're hearing so I, I i read an article today out of um i think espn and they said colorado state university is falsifying their their coronavirus numbers telling athletes who feel symptoms not to report it all steve like, adazio former bc head coach off to a hot start there. So it's like college football is going to be an absolute shit show. You have one one organization, the UConn, absolutely canceled their season, and the whole Big Ten just came out with their 10-game schedule. So they're freaking all over the place. And, you know, it's going to be a shit show. You know, like college, college football is – college kids are way harder to – you know, you can't, you're not, you can't tell them to, to not do anything. 
you know, if, if you're you. if you're a professional athlete, you're getting you're getting paid millions of dollars. This is your job. If you're a college athlete, you're taking all online classes. You tell me you tell me they're not going to go party. You tell me they're not going to go hang out with people that are on the team. Come on, man. College college, college sports is 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 in a, is in a tough situation. They they need a really good system, and the NCAA is not helping them at all. And Connecticut uh, University of Connecticut said no football this year. So the best rivalry in sports, uh, U- UCF and UConn, will not happen this year, unfortunately. But all I got to say is Red Sox are back on the winning track. And I love seeing Cam in Patriots gear. But, you know, we'll wait and see. Hope Hopefully football happens. But for – the 43rd edition of the next one podcast. I'm Brian Collins, Ben Smith, and Zach Marhamo. Until the next one, thank you for listening. And we need we need football. I just need football. Go Celtics. Go Pats. I guess go Bruins.